0: How you guys doing tonight? You guys, excited to be in church. Yeah. Me too. Can we get some? Can we get some lights? There we go. I don't want to feel like I'm performing or something. I can't sing. I'm not gonna do it. Promise. Um, is Ollie here? No. know. Oh, My gosh, I just. I mean, like the depth of understanding there. Like, Lord, we just bless Ollie and her job and what she's doing and the people that she's touching. In Jesus' name, so good, so awesome. It's, it's so cool to see, like, we are a church of, of depth. We are a church that knows and loves Jesus. And that's, um, well, that's, that's a really beautiful thing. Um, I'm excited to be here tonight. It, it, does it feel weird being here on a Saturday? Do you guys like it? I think there's like a resounding yes from like all the builders and people are like, yeah, it's not 7 a.m., man. <laughs> like I, uh, yeah, it was like Premier League football and church, my two favorite weekend activities in the same day. It's like, yes. Anybody, um, never mind, we're not even going to go there. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm really excited to to share with you tonight. And um, we're in this series called In This Place, talking about evangelism and really believing um, that God is going to bring people in this season of our church into Oasis. Um, And I've been been stirring on something uh, for quite some time that I I really want to share. If you have your Bibles, please turn to Matthew the book of Matthew, it's the first gospel in the New Testament, the sixth chapter, and the 19th verse. Um, And I, how do I wanna start this? I want to talk tonight about evangelism from a different perspective, and I'm gonna give you, my entire message right now and then kind of like unfold it throughout the rest of this time. Um, It's my conviction. I believe it's Jesus's conviction that the most compelling case for the gospel to the world is a person or a group of people that love Jesus, that treasure Jesus and are willing to do anything for him. or let me say it this way, that a person or group of people know God and are willing to treasure God above everything else in the world. I believe, and I think what we see in our text here, that that is the compelling event or case study When somebody that's not in an environment that doesn't want to come into an environment like this walks in, when they see that there is something in your soul that longs for this man and would give anything for him, there is something in that that goes, you're tapping into a source that I don't have. And the fruit of your life, what's being produced from this intangible thing that you have, I want and so that's what we're going to explore tonight. Amen? Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 through 21. Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy, and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. The word of the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, we, um, we've come tonight to hear from you. There is so much that you want to do in this place. There is so much And you're eager and and willing. So we open up our hands, we open up our hearts. Jesus, we want to hear your word tonight. And God, where we don't want to hear or we're hesitant to hear, we ask for your help to lead us to that place. Lord, I thank you, and we ask right now, Holy Spirit, establish truth in this room. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You guys ready to go on this road? Um, There was just a book released in August uh, by an evangelical pastor. His name's Jim Day, and it's called The Great De-Churching. Have any of you guys heard this? Okay. Wait, was there one hand? Okay, um, the great dechurching. What a like depressing thing, huh? Um, just me. That's not depressing. Like the great. Everybody's leaving the church, man. Uh, and really, right? Like they're they're tracking the the statistical data that shows in a uh, group of people, like a, a, a numerical count. Bigger than the great both Great Awakenings, people are not coming to church but leaving in America. And so it's asking the question like, where are they going, why are they going, and how do we get them back? And it's this fascinating study that explores like American society, this is the conclusion that they come to, American society is actually not conducive to the type of life that Jesus calls us to anymore. And so it's not that we don't want to listen to his word. It's that we've adopted a lifestyle, a way of living and being that doesn't, that doesn't work with this, <laughs> that doesn't work with his value system, that doesn't work with the way that he calls us to live and move and have our being. And the common narrative that they're exploring is like churches are churches are like asking too much, right? Like you want us to show up at 7 a.m. and set up and stay till like 12, 15 and tear down. And you want me to come Wednesday night, midweek. And you want me to show up and pray and fast for a whole week. And so, right, what, what, they, what they've observed is like churches are now peddling to people and they're like, well, just come once a month. Well, it's like, okay, just come, just come once a month. Oh, you, know, you don't need to serve, just get in the room. And honestly, they're, what they're seeing is that's actually increasing the departure. Because what it does is it validates everything they're believing about, like, this really isn't worth my time, and the church even knows it. And so my contention, and what I think Jesus speaks to right here, is that the church is not asking too much, it's asking too little. And that the type of life that Jesus is asking of you and of me is so much more costly than we could have ever imagined, but it's so much more glorious than what we're experiencing We need to rediscover like a compelling vision for what's going on in this room. Like we're not just showing up and singing songs. We're not just listening to me talk because I talk. We're coming under something. We're doing something here that has eternal significance and meaning. And when we dilute that, Of course people want to leave. And the reason that I wanted to go here tonight is like, there are so many people that want to walk into an environment like this and and have a real encounter with God. Contrary to popular belief in the church, the world, Chicago, is ready for a massive harvest. Chicago is ready to get saved. Chicago is ready for a real encounter with God. And I, I want us in this room to see ourselves, I want you to see your life the little vapor that it is as very, very significant in that process because we together are the body. And and for us, every single one of us individually playing our part, what that creates in an environment like this when we truly do that is the type of environment where somebody walks in and they go, glory is here. I Like my heart for our church, and I know it's all of our hearts, right? And if it's not your heart, I'm believing God to make it your heart is that, this, that there is something truly different about this space. I want you, like myself, to get really sick of the fact that there isn't something different about this place. Like a longing for glory. A longing to truly meet with God and not just do the stuff. But to have God in our midst. So that when people walk in the room, they're like, I don't know what to do about this, but God's there. And truthfully, right, that has been the testimony of this church. That has been the testimony of this church. We have had Worship leader after worship leader, we've gone through sermon series and different, right? We've pivoted and we've moved. And the consistent theme has always been God is here. That's what marks the people of God. That's what marks Oasis. And so what I'm believing for tonight is is for God to expand our capacity to love him. Like, I, I feel so strongly in my spirit, right? And Pastor Josh prayed into this as well. Like, we are hitting blocks. We are hitting blocks in the presence of God. We're hitting blocks in the spirit. We're trying to love God. We're trying to go deeper in the presence of God. And I believe that there's a gracing tonight to go to that place. I believe that there is breakthrough tonight. I believe that God's calling people out into mission tonight. I believe that there are pastors in this room that are, that are running from the call of God on their life. And running, that sounds like really like, you know, do me. I'm saying like God wants to call you in tonight. I got to actually get to the word. Does Jesus have a word for Chicago? Does Jesus have a word for us as his people in Chicago? This is his word. For us to treasure the God of heaven will be the most satisfying thing for us. But also the most attractive thing for those who don't know him. Um, So I want to just, I'm just going to, I'm just going to through the text. So, so if you have your Bible, like, like this is a, this is an important thing to say. I have no authority if I'm not doing this. So like don't take my word for it. Take 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 the word for it. There are, what Jesus first shows us here is that there's two realms that we can invest our lives in. Heaven and earth. Heaven is the secret place, that intangible reality that is very real or earth, the visible realm. And what's important within the context of of this statement, don't store treasures in heaven or on earth, is like we need to zoom out to see like this is part of a bigger message. And the message is that we were created to meet with God in secret because the secret place is where God dwells. So if you want to know God, you have to get into the secret place. There is no shortcuts or ways around it. And so they are like, well, what is the secret place? And where, like, prove it to me. Okay, verse one of chapter six, this is part of, right? This is leading up to what he says here. Verse 1 of chapter 6, don't practice your righteousness in front of other people to be seen by them, but your Father who's in heaven, your Father who's in secret, sees. Verse 2, don't give so that other people see you. Your heart of generosity, don't, don't perform this act so that other people look at you and go, you're generous. Give so that your Father in heaven sees because ultimately, guys, we're not giving to people. We're giving to him. That's like, if, if you're struggling with tithing, it's because you think you're giving to the church. You're giving to God. Prayer, verse five. When you pray, don't stand on the street corner and, and pray these like super long, theologically impressive, lofty prayers. Like, go into the secret place where nobody sees and nobody knows. Pray to your Father in heaven, and He who is in secret will see you and reward you. Verse 16: fasting. Don't show off that you're fasting. Put some, what's that stuff on your face? Face cleanser. Wash your hair. Brush your teeth. Don't act like you're dying. Oh, man, it's just this fast. It's terrible. I'm so holy. Like, come on. Right? Your father in secret knows. And he'll reward you. He'll meet with you there. Lastly, verse 19, where we come to, right? So this is a, there's a context here that he's saying this. And what he's teaching in that moment is that, we are living and have the ability to live in two separate realities at once. That we can be in a room full of people, but at the same time, be in secret with the Father. Because the secret place is where the Father dwells and we were created to live with him. You don't have to be alone to be in secret. That doesn't mean that I neglect getting alone to meet with God. Right? It just means that I get alone with God, and I'm with him when I'm with people. I, I, that's not the dedicated set-apart space that I'm with God. I get to be with God everywhere. That's the whole reason Jesus came. Um So, so yeah, if you're, if you're like looking, if, if you feel yourself like stuck or struggling to grow in that place of presence with God, that is the answer. It truly is. And Jesus models this with his own life, right? He doesn't ask us to do anything that he doesn't model himself. He will do it and then tell you to do it just like he did it. That's what a good teacher does. So right, we see all throughout the New Testament, like, He's, he's, he's removing himself from people to be in secret. And then when he's with people, they're like, you have something we don't. And they're asking for it, right? He's in the crowd of people. He's walking on his way and somebody goes, if I could just touch and get what he has. So why am I saying this? Because he's modeling what a life of love for God looks like. He's modeling a life of love and obedience to his father. And when we talk about evangelism, right? Like in this place, in this place, and in this place, I think it's important that we remember the first commandment, that is to love God. Because, right, we think that, like, all right, yep, I love God, and now, like, let's go do stuff for God. Anybody? Well, Isn't it ironic that Jesus says, no, that's the first and greatest commandment? If it's the greatest commandment, there's not a better commandment. So you don't advance from the greatest commandment. You can't get to a better place than the first and greatest place. So there's not like, it's not like we grow into a different commandment or a different task outside of loving God. It's our primary activity. It is what we were made for. We were made to love God. There is no better place to get. And so, right, if if, if we're going to be a, a group of people and if I'm going to be a person that in my relationship with God is attractive to the world... I have to be in love. Do we, like, like? what makes this a place of potent presence is the aroma of love that we give to the Lord. What, what people recognize when they walk in the room and worship is on fire is that these people actually mean the words that they're saying. And it's coming from an authentic, genuine place in their heart, Right? That moves somebody. So first and foremost, we got to return to that first love. Second thing, um, if we're if we're if we're to invest in this heavenly realm, we need to realize that there is a value system to that realm. There is a system of values there. Um, Right, so because the secret place or the heavenly realm is connected to eternity, it has a value system that transcends the one that we're living in. That makes sense? An example of this. In this world, you'll have many troubles. But take heart, for I've overcome the world. So the world, right, the value system that we're living in right now is it's pure Chaos. It is absolute pure chaos. Everybody's depressed. Everybody's miserable. Everybody's feeling anxious. Everybody's chaotic. But what does heaven say? Take heart. I've overcome the world. Now that's just a theological statement unless we tap into the reality of what that actually means. And the only reason... The only way we're tapping into that is if we come under the value system of the one who reigns in the kingdom. That's why I said again, it's costly, but it is glorious. It is costly. Why is it costly? Because we have our own value system. We have our own agendas. We have our own feelings and opinions about the way that things should be. And every single time we think that we can exalt those over God, something happens and it's called sharpening. And we make a choice, right? We make a choice. Jesus says it like this. If you want, if, if any man come after me, he must what? Deny himself. Deny himself. So my value system has to die in order to tap in to his. But it's also glorious, right? So there's, right, of course there's a cost, but there's also reward. What's the reward? Well, it pushes us from theory about God into reality and experience, so if you're right, if we're sitting there and we're like, "Man, I'm not experiencing this abundant life that God's talking about," well, is it because maybe we're not submitting ourselves to the value system that He has designed? It pushes us from from um, it pushes us from this earthly realm into heaven's realm. So I, I and I don't have a ton of time. But what I want to do is, 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 is briefly summarize heaven's values. And if you've been through family formation, we, these are our pillars as a church. Because what we identified is the New Testament church, right? The, the first early church, they knew something about how to structure their life in light of the kingdom. And so they structured their lives on these value systems. The first is God's word, which is in the kingdom authority. God's word is authority. And if we are trying to tap into his realm and not come under his authority, we will not succeed. The second is God's presence. God's presence, this is his power. God's presence is what makes his realm real on the earth. The third is God's family, and this is our community. You ever met a Lone Ranger Christian? You ever met a Christian that's jumping from church to church and they're super anxious? You ever wonder why? They won't submit to the value system of heaven. They won't plant themselves in the house of God to flourish. Right? So we're, we're coming into the community of God. Lastly, God's city. We're on mission together. And right, we're on God's mission, not our own. Our mission comes into alignment with God's mission. God's mission doesn't take a back seat to our own. It's not like a nice cherry or add-on on top. Staying connected is, is, is yielding to these. And I promise you, like, like testimony of my life, if you yield yourself to the, to the value system of heaven, you'd be shocked, utterly shocked of the fruit that comes from it. And that's the last part, right? That Jesus says, a life in secret produces eternal fruit. Eternal fruit. Look at, the, look, look, look at what it says. Don't store up treasures where moths and vermin destroy, where thieves break in and steal. Store up your treasures in heaven where that doesn't happen. The the fruit of our lives, right, when I talk about this room and the fruit of our lives being the most attractive thing to the world is because there is an intangible yet very real presence that comes when a person and a group of people come under that authority. And it's recognizable. I may not be able to put words to it or language to it, but it's real. This is why in Acts 2, it said they devoted themselves to this and daily numbers were added to them. It is the natural, well, in God's realm, I guess the supernatural way things happen. So if you sow into heaven, you will reap from heaven. The world cannot produce heaven's fruit. The world desperately desires heaven's fruit. When they begin to eat of it, it is irresistible. Just like it's irresistible for us. They get a taste for glory. Right? It's like when, when Christopher stopped and we just waited there on the Lord. And there was like, something's changing right now. You recognize, like, you know what I'm talking about? There's no substitute for him. Well, yeah. I love this picture moths and rust destroying this treasure. What's interesting is, right, like we all could pursue building earthly things. And let me say this as well. There, we have to be in the earth. We're living in simultaneous places, right? It's not, it's not that we don't operate in the world. It's the perspective in which we do so. And so, and so what this is saying is like the very core of, or essence of the treasure we build, if we build for the earth and in the earth, is not even promised to withstand the test of time. Right? Jesus, at the end of this sermon, says, you're like building on a a beach that's about to implode on itself. But if you build on my words... Nothing will destroy this. Nothing will destroy this. Heavenly treasure, on the other hand. Um, God protects heavenly treasure. Because the, God's the only person that sees it. If, it's, if it happens in the secret place, that means nobody else knows. Which means God protects it. He keeps it. Both the integrity of what's done and the reward that's to come from it. So, I'll get like practical examples, right? The eternal value of our yes. When you show up at 7 a.m., not for the church, but for God, To give God a yes, right? That means something in heaven. It means something in heaven, every single yes we give. When someone cuts you off in the middle of traffic and you refuse to be angry, you refuse to go after them and say, personal confession. It's actually our yes to God to love our enemies. It's our yes. It's worship. And every single time we give one of those yeses, we are building like history with this God who is a rewarder. So every single time it's kept in heaven. And I feel like we can... can, Because we're not seeing, right? It's like, um, Derek Blatty will love this. Pastor Derek, this one's for you, man. It's like compound interest, right? It's like you put away one yes a day in God's bank. I'm serious. I'm serious. You put one yes a day and you don't see what you're building in eternity, you have no idea. And then you show up and you see this incredible life that you've built. But we don't see it here in the the here and now. We don't see, like, in in this visible realm. They just, like, knew to come up because I'm, like, basically done. It's awesome. Um, And so I just, like, what? How do I want to land this? The the power of evangelism comes in becoming who we are called to be by God. When we become who God has made us to be, it is contagious, both to us and to the world. Um, At the end of the book of Philippians, the Apostle Paul says something really, really interesting. And he says, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. It's a pretty powerful statement. If I can summarize it, Paul looks at this church and he says, if you want to know God, look at my life. Be like me, do the very things that I do and you will know God. And my prayer for, for this church, for us, is that we have the ability to say that to people when we walk into our workspaces, when we walk onto CTA, when we are in with our fellow Chicagoans who don't know the Lord, and they go, tell me what it's like Did just come on. I can show you, I can show you. Can we, can we stand? I, um, I'm gonna come up here now because you guys are all up there or standing. Um, this morning was like a really interesting day, uh, interesting morning. I got, a, I got an email around like 10 a.m. from the CEO of my company. I work for an Israeli-based company and they got attacked by Hamas last night and many many people in the country were killed and we have a very large Israeli team right um and the email was basically we were attacked and we are in war and pray for us essentially like your your team members may not come back. And I, I just started like thinking about our legacy in light of this message, in light of like our position in Chicago. Like, like, you're, like you are building a legacy right now. And oftentimes like we don't even realize because we just get so caught in the cycle of things to like take a minute and go like, what am I building towards right now? Where, like what realm am I investing in? And I, I wanted to like charge us, like my prayer, I was sitting there and I was thinking like, what would be the best legacy for Oasis Church Chicago? We talk about like people wanna be like, remembered for stuff like, oh, they were so talented. Oh, they were so generous. Oh, they, they served so well, right? But like, what, what would God be pleased with? And I, and, I, and I really just felt in my heart, like, they loved me. Oasis Church Chicago loved me. They treasured me more than anything else in the world. And so I, I wanna just open up a space tonight. It's not that late. I told, I told Christopher and the team that I, I wanted to just create an environment for us to allow like the Lord to speak to us about where we're investing our lives, about what we're, what we're building towards, what value systems we've aligned our lives with. And just the thing that I felt is like to to have a set apart sacred moment for us as a people to lay aside anything and everything that is keeping us from loving God. I, I really feel like this, like at the beginning of our worship tonight, there was a, there, we, we took a while to get there. We took a while to get into worship. And I, I I just really sense, like I said at the very beginning of this, there is grace tonight to take us deeper in love. If you feel stuck, if you feel like you don't have the capacity to love God, I feel like there is grace tonight. There is grace and there is power to break in and break through in Jesus' name. Do you guys agree? Do you agree? So what I want us to do, I, I, I just wanna pray a blessing over us. I wanna pray a blessing over us as we enter into worship. And, I, and And I just want you and I want us again Anything, anything at all that's keeping us from that soul devotion, that, that soul, like the one thing, the one thing. Because that, right, in this room, if that happens here, one, when people walk in, they will notice. And two, when we walk out there, they'll notice. But it has to happen in here, Amen. Amen. Can we lift our hands? Holy Spirit, we don't want to rush. We just want you to do what you want to do right now. So Lord, we just, we, we, we receive this tonight. We receive your word and we ask Lord solidified in our hearts. Show us God, show us right now where we haven't aligned with your values. Show us God, where we have been. Uh, where there's been mixture, where there's been, uh, where, where, where there's been compromise. Show us, God, where we've where we've yet to to to, to explore uh, uh, your grace and your mercy, God. Show us where we're fighting your word. Show us where we're keeping ourselves stuck. And right now, we just thank you for the river of grace flowing in this room. We thank you for the waterfall of mercy flowing in this room. Lord, I thank you for unlocking hearts tonight in your presence. I thank you, God, for restoring dreams in your presence. I thank you, God, for calling people deeper into your love. I thank you, Father, that you have destined this night to be the night of breakthrough in Jesus' name. So we come into your courts with thanksgiving right now. Lead us into worship. Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name.